0: The moon has risen it is time to tell stories of the strange and sometimes terrifying a black cat brings us a true story a vampire bat bites into a tall tail an owl flies in a story from another world Greetings, this is Blood Moon Podcast. I'm your Blood Moon host, Andrew Carey. For this episode, we are telling a vampire bat tale written and produced by Blood Moon Podcast. Just a quick note, listeners can submit their stories for the show at bloodmoonpodcast.com. They can be true experiences of the strange or terrifying tales. Now, we present to you, The Trappersons. Jonathan steps through the door into the courtyard and feels a sensation that has plagued him for two months. It's a sensation that causes his hairs to stand on end. He can feel the prying eyes upon him. In the courtyard, these eyes are ever present, watching his every move, dissecting every motion. The feeling is debilitating, yet, Jonathan summons enough strength to look back. Through the slits of the vertical blinds in the window, he sees the large, wide-set eyes. The sound of the key code to the front gate startles Jonathan. As a tenant enters the courtyard... Jonathan quickly walks down the corridor, making his escape toward the back neighborhood. He turns the corner expecting to see his newly washed car, but to his shock, he looks up to see those wide, piercing eyes. Jonathan's heart stalls. The eyes are just one of the strange features belonging to a woman that appears to be in her 20s. He also notices an old, beat-up Mercedes that was parked too close to his car. The eyes finally blink and say,
1: Hi, John.
0: He realizes that the woman was the new neighbor that he briefly met several weeks prior. Jonathan took a deep breath to reclaim his nerves. Then he notices that the Mercedes front bumper was hanging off the car. He steps towards the battered chunk of plastic and wonders, Did she hit my car? Trying to ignore the woman's penetrating stare, Jonathan inspects his own car for damage. "Uh, Your bumper has come off, Jonathan said. The statement is met with silence. Jonathan turns around expecting the woman to be gone. Instead, he sees a Cheshire grin. He looks away while his mind races as to how he can escape. Standing up, he hears the voice say,
1: There's nothing you can do.
0: Jonathan pivots to see the Cheshire Grin move slightly.
1: It's been like that for a long time.
0: Jonathan can't help noticing her tall, spindly body slowly adjust itself, as if the air pressure was too heavy. In those piercing, slanted eyes, which never seemed to blink. Her appearance made Jonathan's skin crawl. Then he imagines his observant wife asking,
2: Where are her boobs?
0: Right when he had this thought, he saw her Cheshire grin disappear. She kept staring at him, not saying a word. Everything about her chills Jonathan to his bones. Again, he had to find the strength within him to break away. Have a good day, he said as he took five strides to his car. Jonathan drops into the driver's seat and looks into the rearview mirror. The woman disappears. Returning from a relatively easy day at work, John parks in the same spot. As he walks through the neighborhood, he hears the vibrant sounds of life. Birds chirping, cars rolling, and laughter. But it all came to an abrupt end when he enters through the back gates to the apartment complex. Jonathan stops at his mailbox and proceeds to flip through the mail while he walks towards his apartment. All junk, he mutters to himself. He glances up to see shadows darting back and forth between the vertical blinds in the window next door. Suddenly, the eyes appear, staring right at him. Jonathan again quickens his pace, but before he can reach his door, the high-pitched voice bombards him.
1: Hi, John. How was your day? Where did you go? What did you do? What's in the mail? Who?
0: Clenching his teeth, Jonathan spins around to see the same large eyes he encountered that morning. She was in the window a second ago, and now she stands inches away from him. In a nervous tone, he said, Uh, sorry, I have a migraine. I've I've gotta go lay down. The only response from the strange woman are little sounds oozing out of the Cheshire grin As her eyes roll upwards to the sky. Thoroughly disturbed, Jonathan quickly enters his apartment and throws the mail on the Formica table. He slumps into a black vinyl chair and sighs. Jonathan's wife, Antonia, walks into the room to cheerfully greet him.
2: Hi, Johnny. Welcome home.
0: She notices the grimace on his face.
2: What's wrong?
0: She asks. Not knowing what he should tell her, he says in exasperation, Nothing. Just tired of the commute. Jonathan has been wanting to tell Antonia about his encounters, but he didn't want to upset his wife. He knew that she already met the woman, and she seemed to like her. According to Antonia, the strange woman had a husband and child.
2: They seem really nice,
0: she told him. Later in the evening, Jonathan exits the front door with a trash bag in hand. He gets halfway to the back gate when the sensation strikes him. As if being directed by some outside force, he feels compelled to turn around. He sees through the glow of the window, the silhouette of a diminutive figure with a bulbous head. Jonathan is now under a spell. A sound of an opening door from one of the upper units snaps Jonathan from his trance. Sweating profusely, he quickly walks to the back gate and tosses the trash bag into the dumpster. About to return to the courtyard, he grabs the gate's handle and pauses. Jonathan mutters to himself, No, gone through the garage. In the following weeks, Jonathan begins to use the garage as his main entrance. He knows they are waiting and watching for him. Sometimes he notices a man hanging around outside their apartment, and at times he is accompanying the strange woman. The man is bearded with hipster glasses and a V-neck undershirt. Antonia had remarked on a number of occasions that the man was always outside.
2: I don't think he works. He never leaves. In fact, all of them are always here.
0: Over the next several weeks, Jonathan did his best to avoid the courtyard altogether. The sun sizzles in the haze as Antonia and Jonathan step out through the front door. Their footsteps reverberate down the corridor when a sudden shift in the atmosphere causes Jonathan to panic. A creaking door cuts through the thick air. Peering over his shoulder, Jonathan could see an elongated shadow of a tall spindly figure. He picks up his pace as he follows Antonia. He notices that the pursuant matches his speed, and the shadow invades his space. Finally, they break through the back gate, past the dumpster, and head for the car. He dares himself to look back. No one is there. Jonathan lets out a long sigh of relief as he plops into the car seat. His heart races for the duration of the trip to the local grocery store. The images of the eyes flash in his mind.
2: John. John. John!
0: His name echoes in his head.
2: John, let's go. Get out of the car.
0: Jonathan snaps out of his malaise and sees his wife waiting impatiently outside the Mazda.
2: Let's get the shopping done so we can go back to the laundry before someone else decides to wash their entire wardrobe.
0: The fluorescent lights inside the grocery store are more irritating than usual, with the occasional flicker. The couple stops at the return station, with bags filled with empty plastic bottles.
2: Hi, Bob. We didn't get to count the bottles,
0: Antonia tells the clerk. That's all right. It won't take long, the clerk says in his old-time radio voice. How are you two doing today? Antonia replies with a smile.
2: We're well. How are you?
0: Excellent. Antonia chats with the clerk and tells him how he has a great voice for radio, which leads to a mild discussion about the old swing dance scene of the 90s. Jonathan begins going through the grocery list while Antonia conducts business with the clerk. The lights dim. Again, a sudden change in the atmosphere causes Jonathan to look up. He sees... That Antonia has a pained expression on her face. Through the noise of the shopping activity, a high-pitched voice rings.
1: Hey, guys.
0: The voice sends shudders down Jonathan's spine. He begins to feel nauseous as the staring eyes probe him and his wife. He turns back to Antonia for relief, but she too is paralyzed with fear. The voice continues to pulsate in a musical tone.
1: How's it going? What are you doing?
0: Antonia tries to respond, but the barrage of questions continue.
1: What are all those bags for? Is that water? You drink bottled water? Why don't you use Brita? Why?
0: In frustration, Antonia shouts.
1: We
2: do have a Brita and another filter that removes fluoride and, and we take the bottles with us to work.
0: Antonia notices that Jonathan has collapsed over the counter. The lights turn up as the woman's eyes roll up to the sky, while strange sounds ooze from within. Excuse me, miss. It was the grocery clerk. The total is four seventy-five. Jonathan regains his composure as the clerk hands Antonia the money. She glances back, and to her delight... The woman is gone.
2: She bugs the F out of me. She's just so weird.
0: Jonathan took pleasure in her remarks and let out a chuckle. (laughs) I know. Antonia continues.
2: They're always around. Always watching me when I go outside. Her and her bizarre looking kid. They give me the creeps.
0: Jonathan realizes that the boy must be the diminutive figure he has seen in the windows. How did he forget that the woman had a child? Jonathan is surprised to hear Antonia's misgivings, yet it is a relief. Antonia, there's something wrong with them. I notice their behavior, too. Every time I step outside, I can feel them. I can feel them watching. I don't know how to explain it. Kind of like probing my mind. Antonia interrupts.
2: Is that why you come in through the garage door?
0: The question caught him off guard. Yes. Yes. He said in a shameful tone. I knew it. She says in a playful manner. Returning from their shopping trip, Antonia drives around the block twice before pulling into the garage. Why did you drive around twice? Jonathan asks, even though he knew the reason.
2: I have to make sure she's not there. I think they follow us.
0: Antonia continues to elaborate.
2: Johnny, I noticed that none of the other neighbors hardly go outside anymore. No one will use the pool, and I think it's because they're always out there.
0: There's a moment of silence.
2: How can they afford this place if they don't work? And why isn't that kid in school?
0: Antonia relays a story about another tenant in the complex.
2: Shirley told me that one day she left her door open to air out her place. She went into her kitchen for a split second and came back into her living room to find their freaky kid standing there. He looks around and says to her, Your place is weird. And then he took off.
0: Perhaps they listened to us through the walls, Jonathan mused. As disturbing as it is, Antonia feels as though the statement is true. Back in their apartment, Antonia and Jonathan sort their laundry into two large baskets. Jonathan lobbies to use the garage door, but fails to convince his wife that it would be just as fast as the front door.
2: We'll be fine if we move quickly,
0: she said. They cautiously step through the front door and silently close it. Ten paces later, they halt when they hear a door open. Jonathan looks back and sees the woman floating towards them with her face peeling back into a Cheshire grin. In disbelief, Antonia yells,
1: You've got to be kidding me! Keep walking!
0: The musical tones of the voice rings.
1: What are you doing? Is that laundry? Are you doing laundry? Are you going to the laundromat?
0: The couple shoot around the corner and into the laundry room. Antonia curses between gulps of air. Jonathan is relieved to see that the grinning being didn't fall them into the laundry room. He looks down and notices white tracks on the floor. Did we spill detergent?
2: Ah, uh, no, that's not ours. We used the liquid stuff.
0: His wife replies, still huffing and puffing from the quick escape. The couple quickly dump the clothes into the washer, fearing that the ghastly woman would pop up through the door. The sound of a voice echoes in Jonathan's head. He takes a deep breath. Steps outside and peeks around the corner. Down the hall, he could see the woman's open door. Antonia whispers,
2: Is she there?
0: He creeps out a little farther. No sign of her anywhere. Other than the washing machine, he could hear no sound. In response, Jonathan waves for Antonia. And in unison, they move forward. They make their way to the pool, and looking to the left, they see the woman facing another man. It was a tenant, they know, and he looks petrified. He's rigid, eyes wide open, with the mouth slightly agape. The woman's slender, long arms move upwards, as if conducting an orchestra. Perhaps conducting an examination of the trapped man's mind. Jonathan grabs Antonia's hand and leads her quickly down the corridor. The bearded man, presumably the woman's husband, is standing motionless over a grill, and through the white clouds of smoke, Jonathan could see in the doorway the silhouette of the diminutive figure whose bulbous head housed large eyes. As quickly it appeared, it vanishes. The couple shoot. Through their front door. Exasperated by the events, Antonia shouts.
2: I cannot take it anymore. She followed us. Like somehow she knew we were going outside.
0: Between breaths, Jonathan adds. <sighs> it's more like they follow us everywhere. She definitely followed us to the grocery store. It's like she knows what we're going to do before we do it. Poor Oscar, he's, he's trapped out there.
2: The guy by the grill is her husband,
0: says Antonia. Yeah, I've seen him before. They're not a real family. Can't be. And I swear she floated out that door. Her feet didn't even touch the ground. Jonathan slips his hand between the blinds and peers out. She was gone, as was the neighbor that stood before her. Jonathan looks back at Antonia. She's not there. He turns again towards the window. A pair of large, slanted eyes are inches away from the window pane. Jonathan bolts backwards with a loud gasp. <sighs> a buzzing sound echoes in Jonathan's head. He clutches his ears and stumbles backwards.
2: What's wrong?
0: asks Antonia. She rushes over to the window only to see smoke swirling through the courtyard.
2: Their damn barbecue has smoked out the courtyard. I'm calling management on Monday. Something has got to be done about them.
0: Critting his teeth, Jonathan said, It was her son or whatever it is staring at me through the window. I heard buzzing or something like, like maybe a transmission of signals. As if he was transmitting it. Jonathan and Antonia begin taking precautions to limit detection. Using the garage and not the front door became the number one rule. The pool and courtyard that was a source of enjoyment is now permanently inhabited by the bizarre family. Simple tasks such as retrieving mail became difficult. Often, Antonia would peer out the kitchen window to find them, the Trappersons, as her husband would refer to them, sitting outside staring back at her. Their presence hung over the complex like a dense smog that choked the life out of the living. Expecting a package, Antonio went out the garage door and quietly snuck around the building through the back gate to the mailbox. The courtyard was vacant. Peering down the corridor... She can see that the Trapperson's window blinds are closed. She makes sure that the key doesn't make a sound when she unlocks the mailbox. Antonia hears footsteps behind her. The reverberating clomps of shoes send shockwaves through her nervous system. She frantically pulls the mail from the box, fumbling some envelopes as the footsteps quicken their pace. Before Antonia can sprint to her front door, the footsteps catch up to her. Hey, Antonia. Antonia spins around with the intention to scream obscenities, but she pauses when she realizes it's her neighbor, Shirley.
2: Ah, thank God it's you.
0: Shirley laughs. laughs. You're safe. For once, I think they're not here today. I haven't heard them or seen them. Antonia isn't buying it.
2: No, they're here. I guarantee you they're watching us now. It's so bad that John and I won't use our front door anymore.
0: Shirley shook her head and confesses, Uh, I don't use the pool anymore. Once I step outside, she comes out and wants to know everything that I've done. And that kid creeps the hell out of me. The way he stares at you. I feel like he's trying to read my mind.
2: Yeah, John says the same thing.
0: A door creak interrupts the conversation, and they both step back into the shadows. They see a neighbor on the second floor close a door and walk off towards the staircase on the far end. The man pauses and looks down towards the general direction of the Trapperson's unit. Antonia and Shirley giggle as they watch him run down the stairs and out the front gate. See? See? Antonia now feels a sense of vindication. Oh my god, they've gotten to everyone here. Oh my god, did you hear about Carrie? The girl that lives on the other side of you? No, replies Antonia.
2: But tell me in your apartment before the Trappersons find us and suck out our brains.
0: Inside Shirley's unit, Antonia listens to the story of Carrie the next-door neighbor that hasn't been seen in several weeks. One day, Kiri was at her computer by her open window, when she was disrupted by a growing shadow. She turned to see the woman pressed against the window screen. The sing-song voice began an inquisition. A suction sound knifed through the still ear. And the Cheshire Glen quickly closed. The woman emitted a shrill screech. (whistles) Carrie watched as the woman unnaturally moved into action. On the other side of the pool's enclosure, Carrie saw a small creature leaning over the water. It raised its round cranium above the surface and made eye contact. Water dripped down the face, accentuating the contours of the enlarged features. In Kiri's mind, she heard it laughing. According to Shirley, the fear from the event had driven Kiri into becoming a shut in. In the middle of the night, a low frequency hum vibrates the walls throughout Jonathan and Antonia's apartment. Jonathan pops up in bed. He looks over at his wife and tries to wake her, but she doesn't budge. The low hum becomes a high-pitched whistle and Jonathan blacks out. When he opens his eyes, his vision is impaired. He's engulfed by smoke, but he cannot discern where it's coming from. Swirling water rouses him. And he realizes that he's sitting in the courtyard just as he questioned how he got there he heard the voice
1: hi john
0: jonathan squints the white smoke stings his eyes and fills his lungs he coughs while trying to waft the smoke away finally he can make out a tall slender figure sitting across the table with a smaller figure Alongside, His heart crawls up his throat.
1: You will watch him. You will watch him after we leave.
0: What? No. You. You don't even know me.
1: Yes, we do. We need someone to watch him. And you have been chosen, Jonathan.
0: The woman's lips never moves. She communicates telepathically.
1: My husband and I are going on a moon. Honey moon. We have watched you in your wife. We are building a network.
0: The child with the bulbous head reached into Jonathan's mind, agonizing the captive. No, no! Get out! Get out! Jonathan screams as the child steps away from his mother and approaches Jonathan. Consumed by anxiety and anger, Jonathan raises his head and sees to his left the bearded man. He is standing still with an expressionless face. You! Do something to stop them, you hear me? There was no response. What's wrong with you? Who are you people? Jonathan turns back to the woman, and her voice rings in his head.
1: What can we do to make you stop screaming?
0: Leave us alone. We will not be a part of it. This will end now. The woman rises from her seat, and her wide eyes lock with Jonathan's eyes. He can feel the psychic pull. Then the high-pitched whistle returns. Jonathan stumbles his way back to his apartment door, and then blackness devours him.
2: John! John! Johnny, wake up!
0: He opens his eyes to see the morning rays as they slowly reveal Antonia's beautiful face.
2: They're gone!
0: she exclaimed. He lets out a plaintive groan. Huh? What?
2: The Trappersons, they're gone. Their apartment has been cleared out.
0: Although Antonia is ecstatic, Jonathan doesn't know what to make of her claim. They were there just last night. He rolls out of bed, thinking that the Trappersons' sudden departure would be too good to be true. Together, they step out into the courtyard for the first time in ages. Jonathan thinks of his experience from the previous night and walks the few steps with trepidation. He peers into the Trapperson's window. In disbelief, he saw nothing. Just bare walls and hardwood floors. Even the barbecue grill was gone. As mysteriously as they arrived, they disappeared. A smile beams across his face. Puzzled, Antonia looks at him and asks,
2: What do you think happened?
0: (laughs) They chose us, but I told them to go away. (laughs) Antonia looks at her husband with a confused expression. He continues, I don't think they were from here. I think we were part of some experiment.
2: Either that or management finally gave them the boot.
0: Antonia wraps her arms around her husband and sighs.
2: Who knows and who cares? I'm just happy that they're gone. We can all enjoy this place again. Hey, let's have dinner out here tonight.
0: Jonathan smiles. Yeah, let's do it. The heavy atmosphere that once hung over the complex is replaced by a light, warm breeze. Jonathan and Antonia hear something that had been absent for a very long time. The sound of chirping birds. The Blood Moon is setting. We hope you enjoyed your time with the Trapperson's. If you enjoyed Blood Moon Podcast, please subscribe to the show. It can be found on major podcast apps. You can also follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.